Headley. The Bobbert and Podcast Show sponsor. Kinky, so kinky, because he gives, we can fly. Can't touch this. Do, 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 do. No, the original, Kathy. This is Perverted Podcast. She's a very freaky girl. The kind you won't bring home to mother. Oh, God, that is such a good. I mean. Oh, my God. Can't Touch This is pretty good, too. Can't Touch fun. This is awesome. I love and, the super freak. Don't get me wrong. But Hammer is amazing. Okay, stop Hammer Time. Pretty good. <laughs> Jump out of plane, parachute pants, pretty yep. fun. Like literally classic, classic 80s that encompasses all the fashion and chaos that was the 80s. But yep. I must admit that it is just such a perfectly dirty, great, funky song, the original Rick James. But it did make me, I thought about that today because there's other celebrities that have big drug uh, issues. <laughs> That are now having consent, uh, you know, consent violation and assault uh, allegations and things like that. Of course, Marilyn Manson and uh, and Rick what James with Marilyn did. Manson? Well, it, it's just you know, Marilyn Manson's obviously a freak, and uh. Uh, and so one of his partners is alleging abuse and rape and things like that over time and. And whatever, I'm not going to get into that. Every mm. victim, everybody who feels they're a victim has a right to be heard. And I want to hear all of that. That is very important. So I'm not going to get into, I'm not getting into validating any fucking dude. I think the point that I want to make is this may be a sign that drugs and alcohol involved with kink may blur what you think is consensual. No. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it is. It is true. That's why what I got to say. What kind of crazy talk is that, Boogie? I don't know, but I'm just saying <laughs> when you have a, a rock star that does a lot of drugs and then they bring in kind of people into their life and then you take drugs while you're sexual with these people, you may think everything's cool, man. But if you're not a good communicator and you're not constantly negotiating and you're not negotiating prior to getting high with your fucking partners, there is a chance, however minute, sarcasm included, mm-hmm. that um, that's going to create problems. And so it just goes back to I'm glad we have this show, Kathy. <laughs> And I'm glad we can tell people because once again, I'm not telling people to not drug and fuck or drunk and fuck, but you're everything changes when you're high and your interpretation of your entire reality changes if you're high. And if you're really high and you're using a lot of drugs, then it's really easy to just think everything's cool because you're fucking high and now you're hurting somebody. Or somebody isn't as on board as you think they are. You know, once again, I'm not I'm not here to speculate on cases or whatever, but I can say it, it it's pretty common. Uh-huh. Drugs and alcohol are involved in a lot of cases and, and the defense of I was high, everything I thought everything was okay and that they were into it, that that's not gonna it's it, that doesn't work. Well, that's generally uh true of anything you know and and frankly you feeling good is not exactly a good barometer of how good you're doing 
Yeah. All right. So if, in fact, if you're feeling euphoric, you better not be using heavy machinery. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I don't think, I mean, like getting high and stuff during sex or whatever, like if you're doing spanking or, you know, maybe a little bit of this or that, that's, you know, but it's like, let's not do knife play and fire play and, you know, heavy yeah. suspension bondage while I'm fucking tripping balls on acid. Let's just not do that. Let's just say no. That should be a limit. Unless you have a, a designated spotter. Because I'm not here. Once again, I mean, fuck it. You know, you know, kink on acid. It's okay. Kink on acid. But have a sober sponsor there that can say, um, you can't do that. She's not made of rubber, even though right now she looks like rubber to you because you're high. And let's face it, that's not a fun job. Who wants to spend their night babysitting some dude who's all high on something? Well, I, you know, I'm, you know, you could have a service, you know, (laughs) (laughs) maybe be a service. I mean, I'm sure it's entertaining to hear the stupid shit people say when they're high. It's annoying. (laughs) It's annoying as a sober person now. It's entertaining to hear all the shit I used to say when I was high. As a sober person, because everyone says the same shit. It's the same fucking conversation. But yeah. uh, but anyway, Kathy, mm-hmm. the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to a very tumultuous perverted podcast. The show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording live via Zencaster. That's Zencaster for all your podcast needs. I'm Kathy. <laughs> I'm Count Boogie. And I don't think I sh- you should talk so nicely about Zencaster right now. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, 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 hey. They're, they're there for us when a lot of people just weren't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's true. You know, it's. I don't know if that's a coerced statement that you're like... You're like, say something nice about us or we'll turn it off and you won't have it. It's like, you know, I understand that we should be grateful for things, you know, but, you know, sometimes shit, fuck. You know, I had a text breakup this week. What? A text breakup at four in the morning. It was good. Was it Mew? No, no, it was not. It was one (laughs) of the other partners. And I won't say the name because some people think that's tacky, but I love it. So... I wake up to pee at four in the morning and I notice there's a text from somebody and one of my one of our partners that, uh, yes, has been on on the show and talked about on the show uh, before, because, you know, there's like 11 of them um, and we haven't seen anyone remember in like nine months. Right. During this this shithole time. So um, but I, I send. You know, everyone's involved in school and university and, you know, master's programs and medical this and medical that. So I just send, you know, like once a month, once, twice a month, just like a text, you know, just positive. You know, your mind is amazing. Keep going. Love you. Miss you. You know, kind of stuff. Just, you know, a little connection. 
And so, but there's not a lot of contact and everyone's just kind of waiting for this to be over so we can all get back together again, because that's kind of our situation. So one of the lovers was not really responding for the past couple months. And so I send things for Christmas and New Year's and, you know, thinking about you, blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't push because everyone has to go through their stuff. And I understand people are depressed and, and whatever. So I'm just not going to push and I'm just going to keep responding. I have people that I responded to for like two years that never responded. And then just to let them know, I mean, regardless of whether we're going to fuck or not, I still think you're awesome. And if you're going through somebody like someone had a lot of depression, uh, one of our partners for years institutionalized and stuff like that. And so I just, I'm just going to send the message and throw it out there. Right. doesn't take more than, you know, 20 seconds to send a nice thing. Mm -hmm. And so finally this person responded, uh, in a long text and, uh, which I thought was funny because they're really shy and, and it was very nice. And they're like, I don't know why I'm saying this. I don't even really know why this is, which maybe they did or didn't, but I just kind of have a gut feeling that we shouldn't see each other anymore. And, you know, but then it was very nice. And, and, you know, you and Mew and the other girls really helped me build my confidence and, and you've been so wonderful. And I, I know you think I'm an asshole for doing this and, and so forth. And the reason I bring it up is because I think I did the proper the proper thing that I want to share with our audience. And I just respect four in the morning. I get up, I go, well, I'm up, I'm in the car. Uh, and I just respond. You, ha you have every right to not be into your partner or partners. You have the right to change your, your mind or your feelings and change who you are and be who you need. Um, I, it's been an honor to be a part of your life. I think you're amazing and wonderful. The door is always open to you and I wish you the best in your adventures and service to other people done. And that's it. And I think, you know, day later I got a thank you, you know, thank you, boogie, you know, and a little smiley face and a heart. Uh, and I think for a, I don't mind being broken up with in text. I, I don't mind. I, I, you know, this the younger generation, which I date a lot of women that are a lot younger than me. The younger generation is afraid to communicate a lot of times, and so I understand this was because there's so many bad responses that you get from people. I understand you're trying to, you know, you're afraid you're, there's going to be a bad reaction. But what's good about it is, I don't think you can ever lose by trying to let someone be themselves. All I need to hear, I don't need to hear an explanation because people are, I was talking to the fucking Leah who sent me a picture of her tits, by the way. I'll talk about that in a second because I'm so desperate <laughs> for potato mayhem stuff. I'm like, Leah, can you please send me a picture of your tits? Because I have nothing to talk about in potato mayhem. And she's like, I will send you a picture of my tits. And she did. And it was lovely. And it was all black and white and sexy. And I was like, oh, and I sent it to Mew. And Mew's like, oh, my God. So that was good. But back to the thing. I don't need closure, validation, a hundred reasons or whatever. All I need to know is that you're done, that you don't want to be with me in that way anymore. 
And that's it. That's good enough. That's all I need to know. Yeah. I mean, let that be a lesson to people. Honest. If you could just be honest and then let the chips fall where they may, you may not get the response you want, but you can sleep at night. Yeah. I just need to know that hopefully, hopefully it, it wasn't something. I mean, I would like to know if it was something really negative that I did or I didn't know or, uh, but ultimately, I don't need to because if I'm working on myself, Kathy, and I'm open to people criticizing me and I'm in therapy and I'm doing things that are actively looking in the mirror at who I am, I'll eventually find out what's wrong with me if I'm honest. I don't need to hound somebody who may not be very articulate themselves. They may not even know exactly how to explain why I'm an asshole. It's not up to them. It's ultimately not up to somebody else to explain to me what's wrong with me. It's ultimately up to me to find that out. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do, yes. So I thought that was very interesting. I admire you for your stick I don't think I would have continued texting someone four months without a reply. But then again, you are a predator, so you're much more willing I, to stalk your prey <laughs> for long periods of time. Long periods of time. Well, I mean, like I, I've said, it doesn't always work out. And some people, I mean, part of my kink is making people feel powerful and good about themselves. You know, like I heard Hollywood Daddy uh, once say, I don't fucking humiliate people to break them down. I I humiliate people to make them stronger. Right. So that's part of the kink. The part of the kink is if I can if I can be a pervert and make you a better person at the same time, that's power. That's straight fucking power because now you're powerful. I am powerful. I have to be more powerful so I can have more ways to fuck with you so you'll become powerful. It's, it's, a, it's a kink. Right. So, fuck them. Hmm, nice. Now tell me about the titties. I just did. That's it? Me? Yeah, well, yeah, she sent me titties. It was it was funny because she's like, fuck it, I'll send you some titties. <laughs> Quit in your the, whining. Here you go. In that Leah way. And, but she did. It was a beauty. I mean, oh, my gosh. She's she's always been uh, beautiful. And, and, and even with her health problems or whatever, you know, she does a lot of uh, – she's really pretty with her – you know, photo work with of herself. She knows how to. She knows how to dress it up good. Cool. Well, you don't need a a whole lot of dressing up of, of boobies, by the way. No, not traditionally. <laughs> not traditionally, you know. There's there's nice boobies. Nice. Now the penis, on the other hand, if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. take a picture of that, you better get some good lighting on it. Get it in a good angle, uh, and maybe if you're lucky, you'll get a good picture. Maybe put a little jacket on it. Uh, <laughs> who is it? Nikki Glazer. What's I think that's her name. The comedian, female blonde comedian who I'm in love with now. And she mentions that she likes to take it up the ass and is a bottom. And so now mm. I'm drooling over her. She yes. um, and she's she is legit comedy. Like she is our type of comedy. I think I've talked. I, t- I don't know if I've talked to her before. I don't think so. But she's amazing. But she has like a show and a podcast. And she literally did this thing, which is which you will now have to go look at. I fucking swear. I think it's Nikki Glaser. I hope it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. Perverted podcast, gmail.com. Um, but uh, she did a thing where she got guys off Craigslist. She got like four guys off Craigslist. And she's like, look, you know, we got to 
spoof up the dick pics. We got to make these better. So we've hired these lighting people. We have sets and whatever. <laughs> so she literally, they have like foam core little sets that they stuck guys' dicks through the hole and like they're at the Eiffel Tower <laughs> giving coffee and one's in a bathtub. And she put on gloves and grabbed all these strange dudes' dicks and pulled them through the hole and like put little <laughs> eyes on them. And like one of them was in a bathtub and she put a little, you know, the shower cap on the tip with little cucumbers on the eyes and, oh my and uh, with tweezers. And, uh, yeah, it was great. So you're right. So, and their dick pics looked, uh, you know, now you I would have say some stamina for that to remain hard during all. That oh, they record. weren't hard. Yeah. They weren't hard. Oh, None they were all them. flaccid. None, yeah. They're all flaccid. So, you know, they Aww. put little coats on them and, and whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I don't care. I, I still like flaccid penises. Well, that's good. Then you well, and I, I should be together. No. Hey. Because <laughs> mine's flaccid often. I'm with the right guy because he couldn't care less. If if he wants to subjugate me at the moment, he will push me down, get me to kneel, and pull out his dick. It doesn't matter what size it is. I'm supposed to hold it in my mouth. That's right. all there is to it. The guy has no shame. And I like that about men. That is a very sexy quality when you're not afraid or ashamed of the fact that your penis isn't hard 24 7 and i'll i i find it hard to really yeah. you, you know have any empathy because it's it's as if you're a, you bought into all the bullshit that that's the way it's supposed to be in the same way that women buy into all the bullshit that you're supposed to be this size this figure these kinds of dimensions with this kind of skin and it's the same thing for guys you're you're gonna get you're going to be flaccid the majority of the day. That's the the resting state of your penis. Yeah, and and once again, I think that takes a little air out of the balloon for most of us guys to know that there are women out there that understand that. Mm -hmm. But as somebody with erectile dysfunction, when it's time to perform, right. And you're in a room with said partner or multiple partners and you're the only dick in the room and it doesn't work. Pretend you got to pull out the, the dildo on a stick, man. That's dildo on a stick time. I mean, and, <laughs> and, and, and no matter what, I'm not going to I mean, obviously I'm pretty good with handling the situation, but there's nothing I there's, there's, I have very little growth. In the fact that there's not a little bit of hatred for myself that I can't fuck when I want to fuck. I, you know what? You're absolutely right. I feel very fortunate that I don't need to feel sexual arousal to start having sex. And as women, right. that is a, a, a huge win for us. And we don't experience what you guys have to experience. I mean, right. I've already told Creative Explorer, you got to get the fucking lube, man. Because I get that you get turned on just by making me forcing me down on my knees or, or tying me up i don't get wet just because you bend me over the bed i i right. wish i did i wish i were one of these women i'm not and i'm done pretending that that's the way it's supposed to be so get the fucking lube and keep at it because a couple of minutes into it i'll start getting aroused but right. i feel very right. lucky that i don't have to get an erection just to start having sex yeah yeah. It is. I was thinking about that today and, and and 
And it's like, because sex workers, you know, like, I'm pretty sure that they're not that into some of their clients. Yeah. You know, not, you know, some of them are like, well, it's a client and this is, this is what I do. And it, you know, makes them happy and they give me money and, and, uh, it's a, it's, it can be a good job and, and a lame job, but, uh, but yeah, yeah I'm sure a lot of times they're not turned on, but they can still at least function, um, enough to perform the act. Mm-hmm. This has been an interesting show so far. We've had like, you know, all these different topics. <laughs> we haven't even got into the topic topics. I know we're going to end up cutting something out, which I always hate. No, I mean, let's do Let's okay. Fine. Let's just go to fat life stuff. Okay. Fit life is the place. Talk about genital torture and subspace. We share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about fit life, motherfucker. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Today, I have for you a post by Is Mostly Evil. <laughs> I love that fucking name. <laughs> Mostly, but there is a twinge of maybe not as evil. <laughs> that doesn't sound sexy at all. Maybe a twinge of not as evil, perhaps not completely evil. Like I only do evil 98% of the time, but there's definitely a strong 2% of time where I'm not, usually during a nap or a bath. That's got to be the subtitle underneath his name. <laughs> that that I whole am not evil when I be, <laughs> but only part uh, of the time, because sometimes <laughs> I pee down the drain and hope that it falls on my neighbor's house. All right. So he wrote a post called "I Get It Now, But I Still Don't Like It," in which he says the trend that fat famous people seem to have of just insta blocking anyone who disagrees with them has always bothered me. As someone who gets a lot of shitty comments and emails, my theory was that it was just part of the game we chose to play. Thus, I often made fun of the be nice to me or be blocked wussies. Lately, though, I'm a bit more tolerant of that stance. I've started blocking people more. Not necessarily for disagreeing with me. I can handle and enjoy a good debate. But for being assholes about it. Like I logged in today to five separate status updates misquoting, misrepresenting, and wholly calling me out on things I didn't actually say. And since I use this site for fun and relaxation, I block those people for disturbing that with their bullshit. I never want to build a bubble around me of people who only agree with me. I'm not egotistical enough to believe everything I say is correct, and I'm not stupid enough to believe that there's only one correct way to do something. And I'm not delusional enough to think I can't still be taught a thing or two. I want other opinions and thoughts and ideas. I just don't want assholes. Kathy? Kathy, I give two kudos. (laughs) Two very evil kudos. They must be evil kudos Ah. if we give them to mostly evil. These are evil kudos. Uh, I really enjoyed this post because of the attempt and the quest for balance. And because I'm like that too, I'm very adamant about letting people talk shit and give their, 
you know, negative dissenting opinions, disagreements, because that's how I learn. I learn. I don't learn anything if everyone agrees with me. I learn nothing. I will never learn anything unless I go and like do a bunch of, you know, seeking on mountaintops, you know, meditating with yak urine around in the Himalayas or something. But yeah, I, I learned, well, that's how you become, you know, you know, like a monk or something like that. Uh-huh. But yak urine. what I learned, what I learned from, like, I was talking to someone today about the people on the show that, I argue with and then the people that I don't argue with or that don't want to argue with me. Um, and guess whose name wasn't on the don't argue with boogie list. That would be you. What? That would be Kathy. Cause someone's talking about, Oh, you know, nobody wants to walk on eggshells around you. And I'm like, Kathy doesn't have that problem. Kathy literally <laughs> walks into my farm and looks for the eggshells. <laughs> that have little chickens growing in them and smashes everyone and says, I'm here to walk <laughs> on your eggshells. Oh my God. You make me sound like Godzilla just stomping around. That's what you do. Just like, are there some eggshells in here? I'm not good. I'm not walking on them. I'm stomping them. <laughs> but what a lame show this would be if we just agreed <laughs> with each other. We there, agree I, with each other a lot. Well, yes, we do. But I learn from you when you don't agree with me. Right. I learn and not even just learn. There are so many shows where I come in and I'm like, rawr, 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 and you're rawr, 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 rawr. and then as the conversation continues, I have to accept that that other point of view is valid and that it makes mm-hmm. sense. And so then. My rah, rah, rah turns into, well, I agree with this point, but there is another point. And maybe I need to consider that point more and then start considering what people with that point of view are experiencing. And then I learn. So no matter what, people disagreeing with me is what teaches me things. And so I really appreciate when people acknowledge you can't, you can't segregate segregation does not work there is no solutions in segregation if you surround yourself with only people that believe what you believe okay let me put it this way and then i want to hear your thoughts all right right now right now let's go out into the entire world let's let's talk to every like i'm magneto or no i'm uh, whatever picard's character was in the x men that has the helmet that he can see everybody in the world all the x men in the world he can have contact with them i'm reaching out right now to the minds of every human on earth and i can say with 100% certainty that every one of us right now is wrong about something or many things and if we don't and if we segregate ourselves from other groups and people we're never we're never going to see that wrong but if we are abused by assholes at some point you're just going to be defensive against a troll and you have to find a balance to people that inspire me to look at myself and people that are just trying to distract from their own pathetic life because they want to be a troll right that balance is 
is the key. He I, he is absolutely right. There's a point beyond which you're not getting anything out of it, and th- this person is just being an asshole. Now, I'm sure the person who's speaking doesn't think they're being an asshole. No, none of us ever think we're being assholes. I do, but uh, that's true. Okay, let me rephrase that. None of us, but Boogie, ever thinks we're being <laughs> assholes. Where are those eggshells? <laughs> Hey, man, you invited me into the farm. I'm going to be stomping on them. <laughs> I don't I care that there's little little chickies in there. They're going to get stomped and squished. Fucking abortions, just straight chicken abortions all <laughs> over. <laughs> we are controlling the surplus population of baby chickens. <laughs> That's the surplus population. <laughs> all right. Um, but I, I think that... Uh, they're all, I mean, even, you know what, Boogie, you and I have reached the point where that line where we're, we're being honest with each other gets crossed. And now one, one or the other of us is being an asshole, usually both of us. Right. And it, and it goes into the bad kind of communication that, that actually harms us. It's one of the reasons that, as we talked about a couple of shows back, we don't, you and I don't really, um, talk too much these days uh, outside the show because we've we've realized that for whatever reason at this point in our lives we're reaching that line and crossing it more often than is healthy right and and we started to pull back i don't know if it's always going to be that way but it's just that's the way it is now at least we understand that i have a a theory though that the reason a lot of people don't like brutal honesty don't like that kind of raw information going back and forth between you and someone else is because most people don't know how to do it right they don't know how to do it well and they end up crossing that line too often honesty hurts like fucking hell and i there aren't i mean i'm gonna be honest all right it's great when somebody agrees with you uh it's fucking fabulous it feels wonderful it gives you that warm glow inside uh, most of the times when honesty has been thrown at me, it fucking hurts because if you're throwing it at me, it's because I'm not seeing it. If I were seeing it, you wouldn't feel the need to throw it in my face. But I just think a lot of people don't know how to do it in a healthy way. And it carries over into uh, the asshole uh, realm because we just don't have a lot of experience with it. So I just think we need to start practicing it more, practice being honest in the king community you fucking have to do that or you're not going to get very far and that's that's just my opinion i know i've actually talked to a couple of people in my past who believe don't believe that that's true Mm. that you can still be a a predator and an asshole in the king community of course you can it's just that you're not going to get that far because the king community is we are by necessity very careful very insulated and we we try and guard our territory more because we value it more because we know we can't be this open out in in the regular world. So we're we just take more care. So it's doubly hard, three times as hard to be an asshole in this community for those reasons. So uh, I love I love this post because I, I think it's something that gets missed a lot. I, and I know that I've had friends in the past who think and it this one this this was this is always hard for me who friends who think that they're doing the right thing by being honest but they're not because they're picking and choosing when they're being honest for example i had a friend who who cheated on her partner and then decided they were going to come clean well good for you fabulous why didn't you do it before 
why didn't you discuss all the times that you weren't feeling great in the relationship? Why weren't you honest about the things that he wasn't doing right or that he was doing that hurt you? Why weren't you honest before? And I think that's another reason that people don't uh, say say it in a blanket statement. I don't like that kind of honesty isn't good. It's because you chose the wrong fucking time to do it. And it's surprising to me how many times I've run into this where you you think you're being a good person, you're being honest, but you're not really because you're almost using your honesty as a weapon. You chose very carefully when you were going to be honest. So if you can't have that kind of honesty as a more foundational part of your personality, then you're you're not really being honest. You're just being a fucking asshole. Wowzers. Wowzers. There's a <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in that minute and a half monologue there, Miss Kathy. Um, let's just let it go and let the listeners do no, it no, will. no, yes! no, 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 I'm not letting nothing go. I totally, I'm, I'm on that page with you, um, that the best communication starts early and not later once it's all blown up. And, and I absolutely agree with you. You can't shame that because you are where you are right now. Like if you're somewhere and you haven't been honest with your partner and you haven't been telling them how you feel and now these other behaviors have come out, look, ultimately start being honest now. Right. Don't don't be like, oh, shit, Kathy fucking said I'm a douchebag for not being honest sooner, you know, but it is a great <laughs> lesson that you know what I'm saying. It's like, shit, I better just keep lying because now I'm a dick. <laughs> And I'm a cheating piece of shit. So, no, no, no. Start the honesty now. But moving forward from today on, you know, practice that communication. Because that's a good point, is that that communication that doesn't happen, it's going to spin in your head and give you the excuse to go do something negative to the relationship to give yourself relief, in part, your responsibility, you weren't honest with your partner and gave them no opportunity to change or address the situation. Mm -hmm. So if you just go out and cheat or do negative behavior or do something harmful to the relationship, you have a responsibility in that because you never gave the other person uh, a chance to, to at least change. And then if they don't change, fine, break up the relationship and, and go move on. Right. But I think it's really going back to another thing that you talked about that was amazing is what is my personal responsibility? Having this information that people don't communicate well, knowing like we've talked on the show before, that guilt and shame is pretty much the only tool any of us were raised with. So most people don't have any uh, real good you know, forward thinking, all encompassing, look at the bigger picture. What are their feelings? Why are they having their feelings like that? Mm -hmm. So that's my responsibility. I know that most of the people that are going to come at me maybe don't have those skills. So even though I get defensive and hurt and angry, I have to step back. It's my responsibility to go, what are they trying to say? Is there some truth to this? Their approach sucks. We okay. I I I think that approach sucks, but they're trying to tell me something. Is there something to it? 
That's right. my responsibility. Because if I sit around and wait for everyone to fucking up their game in communication, I'm never going to communicate with anyone and I'm never going to learn anything. Right. If you're armed with the information that people are generally not great communicators in the world, then it's my responsibility to try to interpret better. Right. Hmm. Because otherwise, then I'm just going to be in denial with everyone else. Great post. Excellent post. And I purely love evil. Yes. Purely not evil purely post. is mostly evil, man. Yeah, but I'm saying this post was purely evil because it was like, yeah, go ahead and talk shit, but fuck you at the same time. I just felt like writing a song about vagina. Vagina! It feels real good and it's super low carb. Vagina! Vagina's rock! The world needs to know, Enigma. Yes. Was there? We literally did not record last week because mm-hmm. we wanted to give room. We wanted to yes, give time for a magical event to happen that might include Enigma getting some play. Did that occur? Unfortunately. Oh, God damn it. I know. Oh, my God. No, so Friday, the day of the event came, and, like, I had my bags packed with, like, extra uh, nitrile gloves and some hand sanitizer and masks but like also like like i had like condensed my toy bag so it's like i'm just bringing the essentials and then one of the uh one of the couples i was gonna come their roommate was like "Mm, i'm 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 going to see my partner who is in cancer remission in like two weeks (sighs) and so i want to be super careful and so they Uh, had to back out okay and then which is fair, frustrating. That's good. But fair. That's good. I, you yeah, know, yeah. You're like, yeah. Can't, you, you can't say much. You're like, yeah, right. exa- yeah. Fair enough. We'll give you the point on that one. Yeah, yeah. And then, and so I was like, okay, it's gonna be a smaller group, but it's like, still, we could still have some fun. And then the partner of the person who organized all of this started feeling sick. Oh God, and damn it! With everything going on, they just wanted to be careful, so they backed out. And so it. With all of that, and then one of the people was coming all the way up from um, San Diego, and so it was just kind of like it just fell. Oh my god! Yeah, crash the goddamn your fuck god fucking damn it, Enigma. Right? I was really excited. Like we were all really excited about it. Let's be fair. But um, the the or, the owner of the the dungeon was is willing to like kind of let uh let the let the girl kind of uh, reschedule. So we will have like. A, a second attempt at this later in the year, but okay. So they are gonna they are gonna think because it was like a contest, yes. And somebody won. You get a night at this like a free rental, basically. Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and you guys were at the end of your time. Well, I mean, it was very generous, and we talked about this. It was very generous if that dungeon owner uh, extended the uh, the time of that for you to uh, take advantage. Right, of. exactly. Because I used to get so annoyed. Yeah. You know, and, you have a and, contest and, and then, you know, people like don't use it. And then at the last day, they're like, oh, I can't use it in the time frame. Can we get, you know, can you put your life on hold sometime in the future for me? <laughs> and so that was always frustrating for me. I hated that fucking shit. But I'm glad they did it for you. God damn knows I would have told yeah. you to fuck off. What? 
<laughs> well, you know, it's fine. But yeah, no, so so we'll we'll get to have our our little shenanigan later in the year, but yeah. It was just well, you know, back to the best back to my chair. <laughs> oh man, I just feel <laughs> like I was so rooting for you. I was so like, okay, let's, you know, cuz you were going to record last week and I'm like, let's just wait. Let's just let you get yeah. past the party and we'll record next week and that way we'll get to share in your joy because we were all excited for you to have like a little party in your little safe circle and uh mm-hmm. it just didn't uh well i mean you know what it just didn't happen outlaw josie wales i forget the character's name but he said endeavor to persevere amen amen so what we do have though so um for our first article it's called uh the new hanky code is an actual thing do you know it yet um this comes from the uh, um hornet.com okay and so this uh so for anybody who doesn't know just a little backstory the hanky code aka flagging was developed in the um the 60s for gay men and the bdsm people as a way to discreetly signal what they were interested in um, different colored hand- handkerchiefs meant different things. If you liked anal, it would be a dark blue hanky. And if you wanted to give anal, that would be in the left. If you wanted to take it, that'd be in the right, uh, like, butt pocket, pocket. Back pocket, yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you just were into anything, that was an orange hanky and so on. Uh, this article does have a more extensive code if you uh, want to get really specific with your kink. Like, there are different things like red with white stripes means you're a shaver. Or red with black stripes means you're a furry bear. So if you really want to get really specific, you can um, check out that on the website. But this uh, group of people uh, decided to come up with a more specific personalized hanky. The person who developed these uh, also added some uh, for people if they're poly or if they're queer. Just like having a bit more specificity with their um, hanky code. Right. And... There are different evolutions of the hanky code, but this is something that you can still see today at um, swinger party, at orgies. Uh, a lot of a lot of places will have certain wristbands that mean certain things. Um, like even at Doorway, we use red, yellow, green name tags to help signify people's interest level to talking to new people. So it's like sure. if you were wearing a red name tag that said, you know, don't if you don't know me, don't approach me. And if you had a green one, it was like, hey, come up, say hi, whatever. So. Uh, this is just, I, I was just interested to see how the hanky coat has evolved over the decades and how it's still being used, even if not in the original way, it's still being used um, in this, in different communities and how like different communities have kind of adapted this thing. What I think is really exciting is obviously it was more nefarious reasons back in the 60s and 70s. Right. People didn't want to lose their jobs. They didn't want to, you know, get persecuted for being gay. So they developed kind of like the Christians mm-hmm. that were being persecuted, which they goddamn well should have been. Um, did I say that out loud? Yeah, I did. did. So they would like, that's where the fish symbol came from. Right. Like, you know, you would see someone and you draw the first half of the fish and then the asshole on the side would draw the other half of the fish. And then you would go pray together and talk about how people are going to burn in hell uh, for masturbating. Now, I'm sure there were other symbols in history that people on the down low had to communicate with each other. So in a sense, it's kind of interesting to see how that evolved and how each kind of group, you know, is able to communicate with other people uh, without using words. I always, I always enjoy that stuff. You know, I, I love that. 
what's what's great about this is that flagging is obviously a lot less. Yeah. Because it's not needed anymore. You can literally walk up to somebody that is a rainbow sticker, which is still kind of a flagging, mm-hmm. which, by the way, shouldn't have taken the rainbow flag. It's still my peeve. They hijacked that flag. I can't put a rainbow flag on my car without having a 60-year-old guy start to dry hump my leg. It annoys me. But <laughs> they use it. Give it to them. You know, they, they've been marginalized and persecuted long enough. Fuck it. Take the rainbow. That was just my bitch. Okay. But... But what's excited is you can literally see someone and go have a conversation with them and be like, so do, do you want to fist my ass? No, I like I like having my ass fist. Oh, OK. That's great to know. Good for you. Go have a donut. You know, you don't it's not as necessary to flag anymore. Like you right. can actually not be as persecuted um, as as you were in the past. So I'm excited to see that the necessity for flagging. Uh, isn't as strong as it used to be in the 60s and 70s. But it is still kind of a cool way. Like you said, they implemented in dungeons, in swingers parties or whatever, that you can have these nonverbal cues to say, this is what I'm interested in, or even just back the fuck away from me. Right. So I like that because it's, it's still a form of communication, but it's just you don't have to go through a bunch of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, and and I think in a small way, like that's still the like, flagging still kind of happens. Like if you see somebody with the with the leather symbol like on their body, it's like, oh, okay, you like you're you're likely to know what they're into right. without having to talk about it. And if you see like the FetLife symbol on somebody's like bag or on their whatever, like okay, like I know I know what that means, right? Um, so like that still kind of happens. Like we we have flagging without even notice noticing or realizing it these days. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like you're saying, like it's it's a lot more open, but like I think s- people still uh, use flagging if even if they're not necessarily realizing what they're doing. All right, so our n- next article comes from MBG Relationships or MindBodyGreen.com, and the article is called Eight Fascinating Things Scientists Discovered About Sex in 2020." Uh, we're only going to hit a few of them, so if you're interested in an article, please check it out. And as always, these will be on the website and on our Discord. So one of the articles is we had uh, people's sex drives responding in a variety of ways over the pandemic. From people barely having any sex or masturbating to women reporting earlier in the pandemic that they are having more sex, but it's just not as good. Um, oh. And I think this... I think this can just be related to like people getting like really excited and be like, Oh, we're, we're in our house by ourselves. What else are we going to do? But like, it just, the excitement isn't there and the spontaneity isn't there. And I think like people's kind of depression probably had something to do with it, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. Cause you know, like Kathy always talks about the hierarchy of needs uh, on the show. And it is true when you're stressed mm-hmm. about the other things. And, and actually just like you said, in the beginning it was like oh this is going to be great you know like oh it's like a little camping trip and we're going to fool around because we're at home and then after a while we realized we're not coming out of these things we all thought i mean i was a naysayer in the first few months mm-hmm. of the pandemic i'm i was one of those that was like dude the flu kills 
50000 a year. This isn't any different, blah, blah, blah. And then the stats all started pouring in. And I'm like, all right, I'm an asshole. I was just worried because I'm homeless and I don't want everything to shut down. But none of us thought this, well, maybe people that are in the know. But we all kind of thought this was going to blow over in a few months. We literally all thought this right. was going to be done by like, you know, maybe May. Mm-hmm. May, May, and then May turned to June, and June turned to July, and then we all went, "We're here. This is this is a long term thing." So it makes perfect sense that people were kind of excited, and then you know, the stir crazy and the worrying about you know finances and your friends and people getting sick. Yeah, absolutely, you're not going to want to have sex or or care nearly as much about it, right? So the next article, uh, we saw people that that if your partners are people who like showed appreciation and respect and gratitude for uh, the fact that you know you're both stuck in the in the same place together, or you do things for each other, that what sex they did have was a lot better and a lot more uh, appreciated because like there was that kind of communication and respect between people, um, and I think this goes back to the thing something that we've. It's kind of the underlying theme of our entire show is that like communication and respect is a big part of a relationship. And if that's not there, then your then your sex life and your like your your play is not going to be as exciting as you're hoping for. Because you're not as into your partner as you are yourself. Right. And I think the where they used in that in that uh, research gratitude. And mm-hmm. and it's true. I mean, just anecdotally in my own life. It's true. You know, when I'm grateful for you, like I have those moments, you know, and we've been to six years, you know, and so things ebb and flow. But when there's moments where I think about how much she has built me up in times where I don't really give two shits whether I'm alive or dead. Right. And that kind of gratitude, how 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 great it is to have someone who's amazing telling me I'm amazing and just, you know, so much of the things that we've done together, there is a sexiness to that because that gratitude comes in and it's like, well, it's kind of, I mean, unless you're a serial killer or a sociopath, there's kind of an outpouring of that. I want to give to them because they've given to me so much, not, you know, and there was another one that I don't think we're going to talk about where it's like when you make it, you know, you know, you do something for me. I do something for you. That doesn't work out because it's very transactional. But in this, when it talks about that appreciation for your partner and just that respect, it just makes you more eager to be a part of what they're into as well. Right. Exactly. And uh, one of the other things is that a study showed that more and more women over 40 are wanting to keep their sex life active. So, just because if we have any listeners who are over 40 and you're feeling kind of like it's strange that maybe you want more sex, just know that you're not alone. A lot of women are <laughs> still wanting sex and still wanting to get that uh, get that dick or get that pussy. And they need to just get out there and get it. Now, then, do you think, because we're just, you know, because we're both scientists here. Yes, we are. Both super scientists here uh, in the church cock here. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is like women are more wanting sex now 
and they were talking like postmenopausal and stuff, which usually happens a little later than forty uh, in most women. Um, right, right. But do you think it's that women are now uh, just all of a sudden wanting more sex, or do you think they've always wanted more sex, but now they're just allowed to fucking say it? I I think it's the latter. I I think that women are becoming more empowered to say what they want. I mean, we have movies like The Fucking Graduate that were about an older woman who still wanted to have sex and wasn't getting right. it from her from her husband. So, and and that's that's it's a I think it's a trope for a reason. It's because older women are it's it, their their stuff doesn't just stop working. Like, they <laughs> Shit still don't just dry up and fall out. <laughs> Right, exactly, and and especially as we've developed like better lubes and better toys and better whatever, like that, it's it's giving older women and and people who maybe they maybe the plumbing doesn't quite work as well as it used to, but they're still wanting to get it. Like they can still go and get that that play and have an enjoyable time uh, without the judgment of society, which is like even in the graduate, it was kind of a joke. So like. Right. Um, the fact that it's becoming it's being taken more seriously I think is is definitely a thing um, I, I, there's a lot of things I think in in specifically in like sex culture that were like oh this is a new thing and it's like no it's not a thing new thing you're just looking at it now <laughs> yeah we're just able to talk Dustin Hoffman that was early mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman like 1960 I don't even know it was like 68 or 69 or something maybe it was 70 but uh, 1967 and, uh, 1967, Simon and Garfunkel soundtracked the whole movie. The entire mm-hmm. movie was all Simon and Garfunkel songs. And they repeated songs because back then, I guess they didn't give a fuck. You're like, fuck it. Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> in the movie. Let's do right. it. Let's do this over and over. And it's fine. It really was kind of a cool movie. If you're yeah. uh, if you're into old films and classic films, uh uh, the graduate was was definitely up there. I just love well, Dustin Hoffman. He tells such a great story. He's a great actor, and and that story or that movie, I should say, it's like started like a whole genre of film. It was like of that, that sort of like um, awkward uh, awkward kid kind of coming of age story. Like I felt like the graduate was definitely kind of a skyrocketer for that like a pioneer. Genre yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. All right, and and then the last study that we're going to cover is there was a study that found couples who uh, made uh, dealing with depression a little bit better if they just talked about their sex and their fantasies, that uh, as opposed to acting, um, uh, as opposed to doing the act to offset the depression. So if if you're too depressed and you're too um, just like in your head to actually do sex and do kind of kink even. If you just like sit and talk and just like have a no pressure conversation about what you're interested in and about what you're into, then that's something that can actually like kind of help break down those those barriers and those doors and maybe get you to a place where you can start playing again. Kind of recharge those batteries, which is kind of like we talk about where I say all the time, you got to push the mojo. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that doing that because depression is not a need it's an addiction it's a set of chemicals that you get caught in a loop and your brain produces those shitty feeling depressed things and then you get kind of attached to them and so you start recreating and re-triggering them but they are not an actual physiological need from birth eating sleeping 
fucking, those are real. Your sex drive is an actual physiological need, the need to procreate. Right. That is that is something. So when your body is in depression or anxiety or whatever, it literally just shuts down. So talking about it runs your mind and body through that scenario. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're sexual beings. We procreate, you know, which now we don't have to do the create part. We just fucking fuck. Right. So I have always noticed that the more I engage in dirty talk with partners and engage in fantasies or just creative ideas, even if we're not going to do them, absolutely, I completely agree with that. I've seen that a billion times in my own life. Talk dirty with your partners. Talk dirty with your partners. And like, even if things are feeling sort of stagnant, like that's that's the perfect opportunity to sit down and be like, hey, what's some like what porn are you looking at? What are what, what fantasies have been floating around in your brain? Let's. Let's let's work on this. Let's do that and like talk about what you're interested in. Because if you're if you've been just been doing the same thing for your entire relationship and you're feeling a little bored, well, that's that doesn't mean that your relationship's over. That means that maybe your relationship needs to adapt and change. So having those conversations is something that's going to benefit you in the long run, as opposed to holding everything in until things suck. You got to kick it up a notch. You do. So if the kids want to go. And find us in places on the interwebs. Where would they go? Well, Bookie, they can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can find us on Twitter at Perverted Pcast. They can find us on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. And they can go to our website, www.pervertedpodcast.com. That is show 297, people. 297 shows. And Boogie and I are still the massive train wrecks we were when we first started. I don't know why anyone listens to us. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you even saying? You're supposed to encourage people to listen to the show. Stop it. That is inner monologue shit, Kathy. That is not supposed to be speak out loud stuff. Sometimes it just comes out. It comes out every week. <laughs> We're a good show. We're valuable. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm too honest. I'm just stopping on those little chick eggs. <laughs> just stop those poor little cheap, 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 crush, 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 crush. <laughs> Ominous, you know, attack war music in the background. <laughs> Beep, 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 fuck your chickens. <laughs> no, I'm not mean like that. That's not me. I'm not a monster. All right, fine. I will get back on track. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. Consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck. And finally, people, content, content, content. How am I expected to create when I have no freaking content? I'm just fucking with you guys. Write to us if you feel like it at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. And to the lovely people who support us every month, whether by listening to the show, pimping us out to friends, or reaching out into their pockets for the old tappa-tappa, as Chef John would say, we thank you for your faith and support. Glorious, gloriously awkward and <laughs> and multi-neurotic ending, Kathy. That's me. The, 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 the little poem from last week was was much better, cuter, and articulate. But this is how we do it here. A, an amazing show. I love when we have J. 
just topics turn into topics and unexpected topics that create good conversation. And that is what we are about. And no, we don't claim to be the most articulate and fluent and, and psychologically knowledgeable people. Thank God. But we do try. We do try to be real. And we have a real family. And I think we make progress in our lives and the support that our listeners give us to keep going is amazing. And we will see you next week. <laughs> I want to kiss you so much, so much. My lips would get pucker stuck. I might look funny, but I'd be so happy that you're in my world. They'd send in doctors from all foreign nations to undo my pucker stuck. They'd be perplexed as to how lips could stick just by kissing a girl. How could they possibly understand?